So yes, in my code, I switched between styles. I let the circumstances decide which is worthwhile. The code is more what you'd call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 12, recorded on January 27th, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we talk about parentheses, formatting, and so much more. How do you feel about redundant parentheses? Oh, redundant parentheses? I'm a very big fan of redundant parentheses. Um, like, if, if I think there's any chance that the that the code can be read misread without the redundant parentheses i'll add them like let me put it to you this way if i have to ask myself hmm how does uh order of operations work that means that i'm going to add redundant parentheses so if there's if if it's something where i don't where the order of operations is not uh immediately i'm 100 percent certain of what it is i'll add parentheses um like for example if, if i'm if i'm doing something like um, a less than B, um, and B less than C, I'll probably put the A less than B and the B less than C in parentheses, um, even though I don't need them, just for clarity. In general, I'm a fan of verbosity. Like, I don't like short identifier names when you can make them longer and clearer, um, I, although the one place where I'm not a fan of verbosity is, um, I omit the braces for um, an if statement or a for statement um, if I don't need them. Uh, and apparently, I'm like the only person in my team at work that does this. No, I do the same um, thing. And then pe- uh, people the, get really angry because they're, oh, it could be a hanging, whatever, blah, 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 yeah. future bug. I, I, can't, I can't explain right now why this came up at work, but there's a context now in which we cannot do that ever again. I'll be able to explain why in a in a few uh, in a few months, but um, as soon as I became aware of this context where this was going to be problematic, um, I was like, "Well, this might affect people like me who write code this way." And everybody else in the team was like, "Nope, nope. I only write that code like that for slides." Um, Bryce, you're you're uh, you're you know uh, out of your mind. You should. Uh, like, well, this would be perfectly fine. Nobody really writes code this way. And I was like, all right, all right. If you guys tell me that, then fine. I, I surrender. Um, and and kind of, I know that you're now thinking about this. And now you're wondering, is the only code that I write code for slides? And that's why <laughs> I don't use them? <laughs> no, no. Well, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have no problem putting braces if it's code reviewed and people whine about it. I personally, my own projects will admit that stuff if, if I think it's abundantly clear. What do you what do you think about the single line if like if the if the if the statement behind the if is really short I'll put it on the same line as the yeah yeah sometimes. I I we configured our Rapids CUDIF like I was I, I wasn't in charge of setting the the config for Clang format but I was the one that implemented it and people were allowed to review it but we have our setup such that short functions will have like all all the brace and the contents if it can fit in the column limit. And if statements that are short uh, go on the same line, which then it sort of really irritates me then because if we have braces, then you end up with like if predicate brace, you know, consequent end brace. 
and like to me i just i really don't want to see those braces there but yeah it's not it's not the end of the world you said you'd do the same thing right one of the reasons why I dislike um, adding the braces to the if statements is the the coding convention that I was raised with, which was the coding convention of Hartmut Kaiser, um, uh, the one that we used in HPX. We would always put the brace on a, on a new line, so we wouldn't dangle the brace at the end of the last line. And the main reason why, and this is also sort of a boostism, the main reason why I saw for doing this was um, if you, when you're writing a function signature, um, if the function has, you know, a lot of arguments and the function signature takes up a few lines, if you put the opening brace for the function on the, the end of the last line of the function signature, um, it can be like a little bit jarring for the, some of the function signature to be indented more than the first line of the function body. Um, uh, and like, it's not apparent where the brace is. And I always just felt like it was a little bit cleaner to have the, uh, the, the brace be on its own line. And so for the if statements, I would just put it on its own line, just solely out of consistency. Um, uh, now I think if you're in a coding convention where you put the brace, um, uh, at the end of the last line, then there's less of an argument for, uh, omitting the braces on the if statement because if you if you put the brace on the end of the last line then the if statement you're only adding one uh, extra brace or one extra line um, uh, uh, to the if statement than if you'd omitted the braces and especially if if you've got like an if else and if your else statements have the closing brace for the previous if on them, then you're really not adding that much more. Right. Um, and I have used that coding convention a little bit, but uh, my it's not like my, my favorite preferred style, which is still to have the brace be on a, a, its own line. The brace stands alone, if you will. Yeah, it's... Um... Yeah, in QDF we have a mix. So like like you said, oh, just for the sake of consistency, QDF it breaks on a function, so it always has the brace on its own line. And I actually I don't personally prefer that, but uh, because QDF makes so much use of templates and Sfine stuff, you end up yeah, like you said, in some odd cases where the function signature is like indented, and then you have the brace, and then it's not really clear like where the start of the function body is. But for ifs, we have them on the same at the end of the line. But anyways, we're, we're supposed to be talking about naming. However, I do want to get back to the, how this all started. I asked, I asked, how do you feel about un, or like redundant parentheses? You said, I prefer to over-parenthesize. I should highlight. I don't know if we'll throw this all in to this episode or another episode, or I'll just cut it. But if it does end up in an episode, it's worth mentioning that there's a core guideline, 41 or ES41, but it says, if in doubt about operator precedence, parenthesize, which I agree with. Hey, so I'm right. I'm 100% right. Exactly what I said. However... This comment got made, and and it's not me being critical. I just I'm just not sure how I feel about it. Like uh, where I have the line auto const, you know, I'll omit the names of the variables, but auto const a equals b minus c minus d, and then the comment is to parenthesize the first subtraction b minus c, uh, because it is actually semantically a little bit closer to what's happening like you are subtracting the first two and then from that subtracting the third thing however i don't think there's there's no confusion about operator precedence here it's more from like a semantic point of view of what's happening and i don't 
Because like typically I like I like I'm the opposite of you. I bre brevity as long as it's still expressive. Like I prefer short things. Uh, I have no problem calling a local variable n in like a three line function if it's explicitly clear what like n is doing. But yeah, for this I I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably end up putting putting them in. But I don't I don't have a formed opinion on on this. Like if the parentheses are not expressing if they're not introducing clarity in terms of operator precedence, they're supposedly introducing like more meaning to what's happening i don't know how i feel yeah. about that so so uh you know the 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 other the other time when i do weird stuff with parentheses is um if i'm writing um a condition for an if statement and that condition's you know kind of meaty and it's like going to take up multiple lines um i might i might use parentheses then there to um to make it a little more readable, um, like one one of the things I, I typically do is if it if it's a bunch of like um, sub conditions that are all anded together, I'll try to put one on each line, and then I'll put the uh, the uh, the um, logical and um, at at the start of uh, each of the set, you know each of the following lines of the condition. So I'll have you know. On one line, I'll have if, you know, parens, then another parens, A less than C. And then on the second line, I'll have aligned all mice. I'll have the logical and, and then I'll have the second condition in parentheses. Um, and sometimes when I'm, like, writing uh, more complex conditions like that, um, it, it's useful to add additional parentheses just to sort of like encapsulate a line a little bit better or make it look a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I kind of have some weird code formatting, uh, uh, things that I do. Um, like I'm a fan of the, um, the Abrams call comma, the Abrams comma, which is where, um, when you've got a, comma separated list of something that's separated onto multiple lines where each different element is on a different line and you don't put the comma at the end of the last item you put it at the start of the next item and this is supposedly well this i believe makes it easier to reorder things um around in the list um uh, some people think think it's very ugly and then there's another thing I do where wait pause um, pause I thought the I thought the motivation for that and there's a couple different flavors of it like I didn't I didn't know it was called the Abraham's comma but I thought the motivation was that when you end up introducing an item at the end of the list your git diff is only one line as opposed to two of like the extra comma at the the top line or the you know the last most recent item and then your new item whereas if it's at the you know if they're combined on the same line you only get like a you get a single green addition instead of one red and one green. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the motivations too. I'll be perfectly honest. I've heard some number of motivations for it over the year. That's not why I do it. I do it because that's sort of the way that I've done it for a number of years. Um, uh, and uh, I've just always found it a little bit cleaner. I mean, the, the other thing that I like about it is that um, it's, uh, if, I, if I'm, it, if I, 
it's more clear where the comma is and it's more clear if I'm missing a comma because it's always at the front. So if I do something like I decide, oh, you know, the first argument of this function should actually be the third one or something and I move the first, the, the first one down to be third, it's very obvious that I need to add a comma to the first one, remove a comma to the last one. And also the comma that I need to remove, it's in the same column position in both of those lines. Um, whereas if it's at the end, it might be in a different position. Um, so it's just like a little bit visually clearer um, uh, that, hey, I need, to, I need to add a comma to one of these and remove a comma from another one of these. Um, and so that's why I, I sort of think it's, it makes my life a little bit easier when I'm uh, uh, going to change the order of something in one of these comma-separated lists. Um, and also I, I tend to find that uh, I'm more likely to change the order of the subsequent arguments um, than the first argument. And if you put the comma at the end of the line, then the special case is the last one. Whereas if you put it at the start of the line, the special case is the first one. <laughs> Damn, there's a, I, was, I was totally on board with the, uh, there's a, there is more symmetry, like you get vertical alignment of the commas. Yeah. Uh, but that second one that you just mentioned, uh, anyways, lots of reasons. I cut you off, though. You were saying there was... Whoa, explain what problem you just had with what I just said. There's not a problem. I was just... The first one I was on board with. The second one... The second one, one not so much. Is, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a real that's a real granular piece of, like, well, technically speaking, uh, if you look at the proportion of times, and it is, it's a true statement, but just, like, the first one was, like, oh, I could definitely see that. The second one, I'm, like... You're measuring the distribution of like times like I modified this uh, scoped enumerator and uh, there's a histogram on the number of times I've changed each of these lines. And if you compare the last versus the first, it's less, uh, which is probably true. It's probably true. Connor, you have to understand I'm I'm I am inventing justification for what (laughs) amounts to ritual. This is ritual. It's not it's not rooted in any like. I, I will happily use whatever coding convention is the coding convention of a code base I work with. It's just this is this is the this is my heritage, Connor. This right, is right. this is the, the style in which I I wrote code back in the day, and uh, I like to invent a justification for it. And in case in case uh, I, I think this probably I'll cut this into a separate episode. So for those that are listening, I completely agree with Bryce. Whatever the convention is, I will I will use that. Probably Bryce, you agree that. I care so much more that there just is a convention than like what the convention is because I just don't want there to be like arguments in code reviews about like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You didn't align this. I just want there to be a formatter that does it for me. Uh, That being said, like I care so much what my personal code looks like. So in the code base, uh, one of the code bases I currently work on, Thrust, um, which is about a 10-year-old open source project and it's a project that has a bunch of code that's derivative from Boost, a bunch of code that's from like different projects. There's probably code from like four or five different licenses in the project, like BS, both versions of BSD, MS, MIT, Boost, just code taken from a whole bunch of different places at a bunch of different times, and it's all never been Clang formatted. So the rule of thumb in Thrust is you follow the style of whatever precinct of the code you happen to be in. And that that's not even necessarily the file. It's like, it might be like this set of functions that I'm working on have one style and like 
300 lines down in this in this header, there's going to be a different style. And this was actually sort of how code formatting worked in the other project I worked on prior to being at NVIDIA, uh, which I spent most of the first five years of my career on, HPX, where uh, in HPX, Hartmut and I and the other main developers had similar code styles, but not 100% similar. And so there were certain files that, that I could look at and I'd be like, okay, yeah, this, this is one that that I wrote, I could just tell from the style. And this is one that Hartmut wrote that I could tell from the style. Or this is one that Hartmut wrote in 2012 because that was the style he was using then. Um, I think they've since Clang formatted that code base. My team keeps talking about Clang formatting Thrust, um, which is probably a good idea, but I'll be a little bit, a little bit sad when all of that that uh, history gets uh, formatted away, but it'll probably greatly improve readability. I think that like in a, so was it just you and Hartmut uh, work, primarily working on that code base when you were, you know, oh. When I, I was the first person that Hartmut brought on. I was like not developer number two on HPX and then developer number three was Thomas Heller. Um, and then we had a, a whole bunch of other folks coming over the years, but like in the in the very early stages, it was mostly me and Hartmut. Um, like the first six months that I was working on it. Yeah, so I think I think in that situation, like going Clang format free or like formatter free actually can work like quite well because well, Clang format didn't exist at the time. This was 2011. So I mean, take that take that into consideration as well. But just like even even today, if you only have two people working on a project, I think it can work totally fine. Because I actually have like a ton of grievances. Like I think I think Clang Format has done amazingly, but like if like there are a bunch of things like tabular tabular formatting is probably like the biggest criticism. Like if you have a switch case statement with you know a bunch of different length enumerators and every case statement is just like a single expression returned. Like, you want those returns aligned, you want, like, the cases aligned. The cases will be aligned, but basically nothing else will. Similarly, if you have, like, a case switch case statement with, like, an expression, semicolon, then break. You want all of the starts of the expressions to be aligned, and then the breaks to be aligned. And, like, claim format absolutely just, like, falls over. Not having a formatter and just having two people that you're both familiar with each other's yeah. coding styles can actually lead to, like, nicer-looking code. The problem is that when you have not two developers, but, like, you know, N developers, well, where N is not a small number and N people aren't like operating on the same wavelength. And then you get pull requests where clearly the person hasn't like paid as much attention to how their code looks. And then you spend like the first three iterations of the code review going back and forth saying, you know, please make this a little bit more readable. Yeah. So, so yeah. I actually probably like going Clang format free. If it was just like me, I might do that all the time. My problem with Clang format, and this is probably just me being grumpy and resistant to new things, is that there's a lot of times when I will do some formatting that makes sense locally only. Like, you know, maybe I've got, um, you know, a series of if and else ifs where I want to align the... Um, uh, the starting friends of the condition, or maybe I've got, you know, in, in one place I've, I declare four variables in a row where they're all sort of similar and I want the equal sign to line up, but maybe there's another place later, like, you know, maybe there's some variables I declare right after that where I don't want the equal signs lined up because, um, if I did that, then it would, uh, make the line too long and it would, uh, break across the line. Um, it's just like, uh, when I'm formatting my code, 
there's a there's a whole bunch of special cases that um, that I'll make, and I just always worry that like a formatter is just gonna muck those up. Um, I've never really used Clang format, so um, uh, I I don't suppose I have much actual justification for that claim. Um, I've just never never really found a a, a need for, for it. Um, even though I've worked on some projects that are you know very large that have a lot of developers, um, uh, I've never been in the case where like I've wanted to argue with somebody over formatting. Like if I'm code reviewing a contribution to a project I'm working on and it uses a different coding style, that doesn't really bother me. I'm kind of okay with that. If it's like inconsistent with the rest of the file, um, uh, I might, you know, make some remark about it. I, I might, the, the only thing I can remember um, asking for changes for that was like a formatting thing was like indentation. Like, hey, you're not indenting, like you're indenting by four spaces and the rest of this file is indented by two. Can you indent by two instead? Um, but I don't know. It just doesn't really bother me. Um, this, this, uh, this brings to mind a moment from my favorite Tony Van Erd talk, um, which is, uh, one that he gave, um, at CPPCon, uh, and C++ now. 2017 called Postmodern C++. And, uh, in that talk, he, he spoke in rhyme for the entire talk, first of all. So it's an amazing talk. You have to go watch it. Like the entire talk, he spoke in rhyme. Right, it's I have to go watch talk. it. I've seen all three versions of it. The, the listeners need to go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and it seems like it's just like a funny, humorous talk, but it's not actually just a funny, humorous talk. It, it has some very deep, like real world lessons about programming. And one of the things he says is, in my code, I switch between styles. I let the circumstances determine which is worthwhile. Um, and that sort of gets to like the whole core of his talk, which is this idea of postmodern C++. And like one of these postmodern ideas is that like the postmodern coding convention is to not have any fixed coding convention. Um, and what Tony, Tony means by that is sort of exactly what I just said, that um, you shouldn't have a rigorous set of formatting guidelines that is applied unconditionally everywhere. You should instead use the coding um, uh, style that makes sense in the particular part of the code that you're in. And I really connect like that. And there's that whenever I mention this quote, it always brings to mind uh, to me the uh, the pirates the of the Caribbean meme um, uh of, uh, you know, the code is more what you'd call guidelines than actual rules. The code is more what you'd call guidelines than actual rules. And I, I think this is something that's true for not just formatting guidelines, but also for, you know, library design guidelines, um, and also for, you know, naming policies and naming patterns. We, we had a meeting of Library Evolution, the C++ Library Evolution group, um, uh, last week where we talked about some proposed library design guidelines and naming guidelines. And one of the things that came out of that meeting was we sort of said, you know, we, we don't want to 
prescribe hard rules. The strongest thing we want to say is if you're naming something that meets this criterion, then you should consider a name like this. It should be one of the candidates. Or if you're doing X, you should consider this. Um, uh, and, and somebody during that meeting, my friend Ryan McDougall, um, said um, this, was in, this was in reference to adding a particular prefixes or suffixes to names of certain things. And he suggested that the policy should be decorated as a last resort that um, uh, it's not something where you should rigorously follow the rule, but the rule or the suggested pattern may be helpful if, if you need it to clear up something that's ambiguous, um, et cetera. Um, and I think, I think this really captures sort of the core of, um, of C++ standard library design um, that we try to not rigorously enforce rules. Um, we try to do what makes sense for the particular thing we're working on. All right. So I have like three or four different things to say, but I'm not going to say any of them because <laughs> we need to switch to our naming. Uh... No, 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 go. No, go, no, no. So is, I, I will just, we got to flow. We got to let just, it flow. Let I, it will, flow. I will mention, <laughs> this is all going in. I will mention the topics and then we will have another episode because I have a lot more to say. But so I totally agree going back to, well, so first of all, yes, Tony, all of Tony's talks are awesome, uh, but definitely postmodern C++. He's given a couple different variations. Highly recommend it. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. You mentioned about how locally when you're making certain formatting decisions and like aligning of equal signs that like in other contexts, you know, sure enough, you look at three files when you're, when you're um, deciding on your claim format config, you look at, you know, three or five files or maybe more than that, but you're, you're not going to do it. You're not going to go through every single file in your code base if it's hundreds and hundreds of files. So sure enough, inevitably, like locally, it looks good. And then you didn't consider this one case and it ends up looking awful. And the thing that I want to talk about in a future episode is something that like I've actually never talked about because I'm pretty sure I'm just going to get a ton of hate for it. <laughs> um, but it's it's something that I sort of uh, inside my head I think about is format driven development. And it goes right next to uh, const driven development, which it's like the summary is writing your code such that it's formatted well, which is not the purpose of writing code. But I think that like when you sort of when, when you follow that ethos, you end up with like really, really readable code and the semantic, you know, difference between what you would have ended up writing without thinking about like how it's going to be formatted isn't, isn't too far off. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a future episode. And that's where we'll call it. Thanks for listening and have a great day.